0: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, man, I tell you, your favorite podcast, and if we ain't your favorite podcast, nothing wrong with you, <laughs> but your favorite podcast is back on the air on this lovely Friday here, man. Everybody know who it is, man. It's Mr. Funk with Dele Jones, a.k.a. Slow Jam Jones himself. <laughs> Look, he,
1: he got the do-rag. He got the sip do-rag right there.
0: <laughs> hey, hey. It's black on too. <laughs> <You
1: feel me? laughs> hey, look, it's your boy Aaron Fournessetti and check us out each and every week on the Basement Friday podcast on YouTube and all major streaming services. And also the one that we recommended, uh vocal. Uh the other verbal. one. Hey, verbal. verbal, verbal. Yeah, verbal. Verbal, see.
0: We everywhere, all over Russia and hey, we're super styling <laughs> out there, man. Y'all make sure y'all man. I'll make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe, man. You know me. We doing big things, brother.
1: Definitely. We doing, big, we doing big things, man. Definitely, man. I'm gonna tell you like this. We we got quite a 5-minute rant on our hands this week. Oh,
0: talk to him, brother.
1: We got a 5-minute rant. See see I just want to get into this. I think it was the it was the episode before last week where we were saying people being too woke and people keep touching things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? What happened? Somebody somebody woke up one day, got out of bed, and their first thought was, man, we got to get this Mr. Potato Head guy up out of here. (laughs) So apparently the company Hasbro said, we're not going to call it Mr. Potato Head. We're going to call it Potato Head to be more gender inclusive, inclusive, I should say. I don't. You know what? It's beyond me.
0: <laughs> hold, hold, hold on for a second. So Hasbro, they're taking away the mister and and just calling him Potato Head, but how How did they get rid of Mr. Potato Head when it was a Mrs. Potato Head? So how can you sit there and say, like, it's a, it's a gender thing? I was like, no. There was literally a Mrs. Potato Head in Toy Story. She didn't have, like, no big role, but it was a mrs potato is, so it's not like i I, I don't get the, I don't get that that whole situation when it's just like we don't want to put no gender on it it's like you can hear it in his voice that he's a guy
1: <laughs> look you you got get with the program we got limited to mr and mrs and we we can't have that man we, we 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 all gotta be unisex man you know we gotta fight fight for the rights you know
0: that's wild man. That's, you that's, know that's, that's that's stupid to me, bro. I'm sorry. I can't, you know, you know,
1: stupid. you you can't call yourself Mister Funkadelic Jones.
0: You know, I can't I'm call myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself Mister Funkadelic Jones. Funkadelic Jones, Mister Mister whatever you want. No, I'm gonna Mr. no, don't do it. You will be sexist. <gasps> oh no! I can tell I, y'all like this. I'm not a sexist person, but me put and me putting. Mr. On in front of my name, y'all can kiss my ass with that shit. Oh I, no. I can get less, man. I'm not a sexist person. Oh no, kiss
1: kissing your butt and you're black. <gasps> that's racist. Oh my gosh.
0: Man, don't I That's how I deal with this food, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I can kiss my ass with that. Like you have to put, re- put some respect on that mister Mr. Jones here. The stuff you hear these
1: days. I'm going to tell you right now, we are living in a clown world. Fox. It makes no sense. So it's not going to be long before Hasbro, they're going to call it Has They, you know, because we can't say bro anymore or sis anymore. <laughs> we got to be gender inclusive, include everybody. You know what, of,
0: what in the All Lives Matter do we got going on here? Get with the program,
1: <laughs> dude. Up, I mean, lady, I mean, they, he, she, they, whatever your pronouns are.
0: Oh my, oh <laughs> my goodness, bro! Like,
1: Look, I'm I'm gonna tell you all jokes aside. All jokes aside. Actually, it's not a joke. I'm dead serious. Screw all that. But I'm still Mr. Fornicetti because I'm a guy, Mister. Funkadelic Jones Bash. and at the end of the day what's his name Mr. Mr. Potato Head Mr. Potato Head Mr. Potato Head is a I'm Mrs. Sorry. Potato Head too
0: I'm sorry kids that y'all grew up y'all didn't grow up when Toy Story first came out so y'all lived, y'all y'all caught Hasbro and all them in a sensitive era where it's just like let's not put ginger on anything no we grew up he was Mr. Potato Head Guess what? He's always going to be Mr. Potato Head. Point blank, period.
1: That's, that's what the brand was called. And then they bought on Mr. Potato Head. I'm going to tell you like this. I want all the smoke. If anybody got a problem with what I said earlier, my little rant, come to my inbox. Come to my DMs. You got a problem with me? All up in the comments. All over the podcast. Don't go to death row. Go to my inbox. At Aaron Fornicetti. I want the smoke. I want the fire. I want the charcoal. (laughs) I want the matches.
0: (laughs) All of it. We thought I thought I thought last week episode was bad with Aaron. He on he on the roll. He guns blazing out He, he said he took a page out. He said I want all the smoke. I, I
1: want I want I want the propane.
0: he wants the flame torches, flame the, the flame want, oh, torches,
1: yeah. flamethrower, the dragon, the fire <laughs> breathing dragon. Bring it up. It's it's <laughs> just it's stupid, like. It, uh, it, it's just stupid Look, I ain't going to take up enough time, man What you got for the five minute rant?
0: Oh, uh, man, y'all know So for those that don't know, man I had a very interesting week Last week Especially, uh, you know, man um, Got to a college And uh Monday Last week, so Got to a little fender bender um, When it snowed, I think it snowed on Monday <sighs> Y'all drove through snow Plenty of times I ain't gonna lie, drove the snow plenty of times, you know. But just that day, it just everything just went wrong. So driving, I was driving to work, and you know everything was going smooth. Now Marty on the opposite road, on the opposite side, like traffic was going the opposite direction. They was they was like cutting down trees, so our side was clear. Our side was clear to go. Everything, like, no, no flag or dude. Like, the flag or dude was attempting to come to our side, but he ain't never stopped the dude in front of me, just like, hey, stop. So the dude that was in front of me just stopped. You know what I mean? Like, he just stopped. I was just like, why did he stop? You know what I'm saying? So this is why they say be careful driving and like, weather. You know what I mean? Like, next thing you know, didn't have enough time the back of his car man. Tore like tore, tore tore my baby up, you know what I mean? My whole uh driver's side headlight, the, the grill and all that. That junk got messed up. Cause I tried to swerve I I was I ain't gonna lie, I was trying to, I would rather have aimed for the sidewalk, at least, you know what I mean, just to avoid hitting his car, but I still ended up hitting his car anyway. Only thing I did on his car was I took the bumper off. So well, I'm gonna I'm be out. I'm gonna be without my car for a while. All he gotta do is get a, a bumper on his car, and I mean, his car was a 2020, so I'm sure that don't still under warranty. So all he gotta do is go back to the manufacturer and put the bumper back on, and just go about his day, man. But first of all, shout out to the dude that uh that came that that came to the uh, the accident site. You know, was a regular guy, you know, man, he just saw me outside, just hunched over. He thought I was hurt. I wasn't hurt. I was just more just looking like I was a more like I was like, oh, look at my car. Oh, oh, I was like, oh, look at my car, bro. look at my car. But you know what I mean? Hear me with the that's just material things, man. He's like, your life is more important. I said, like, you know, that's true. That is that's true, man. Come to think about it. That's that's true, man. You know, the airbags didn't deploy, the car was still driving. So yeah, you know, man, it was a it was a very eventful Monday for me. And then on top of that, before all that even went down, I bust my ass on somebody he's getting in my car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my, my morning just started all bad all together.
1: Hey man,
0: and but to, to to end my five minute rant, so I went back and I looked at you know I was looking at the pictures like my car, his car, and I looked at his driver's license. Right? Crazy part about it, if it you know I know my driver's license is like it's still my old address because I ain't updated yet. If his current, if his address is, is up to date and current, this man live in the same apartment complex I do. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, I said, well, I'll be goddamn
1: <laughs> neighbors. Jesus,
0: Jesus Christ! Well, I said, this man live the same. He live by the rental. He lived in the front by the rental office. I live in the back. I said, Jesus Christ! I said, what, what the coincidence here? Right. Uh, <laughs> so oh said, man. It's been a very eventful uh, last week for me, but, hey, you know what I mean? This week went good. This week went well, so it's a new week, so. Definitely
1: time to look up.
0: You know what I mean? There's nothing I can do but to get my car fixed and keep moving. That's, that's all I could have did, man.
1: Exactly. That guy was actually right. You know, you get your car fixed, you know, but you can't. It's harder to fix your health than it is to fix a car.
0: Gotcha. Right. Big time,
1: though. No. Well, we what we're going to do is we're going to get into our episode and we're going to talk about going against the grain, you know, how people don't like stuff until they're popular. But we're going to we want to start off elementary school because it happens a lot, you know, with younger kids. Kids are cruel, man. They they teach you about anything. They teach you about any everything. So mm-hmm. Was it anything you liked in elementary school or like middle school that wasn't popular but became popular later on?
0: Oh. Uh, hmm. I know we used to um I know we used to um really be heavy into like Yu-Gi-Oh cards back in the days, you know what
1: yeah.
0: I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It it was it was not it was not a cool thing it wasn't like popular at all because like well, when like when me and, and my squad was doing it but then when you start seeing like some cooler dudes started like really collecting them, and it was just like, wow. So when we was doing it, it was lame, but when you got that one or two like popular dudes, he he collected cars. I don't know how heavy he was into it, right? But um, you know, what I mean? he had the cars. Now all of a sudden it's cool. And then on top of that, I don't know, I, I'm I'm showing my age here a little bit, but <laughs> y'all remember going, y'all remember going to the uh, like the book fair in elementary. And they had like the little, uh, the Dragon Ball Z book, like how to draw the characters. Like it, it, go from start to finish. Like draw the circles and stuff like yeah. that. So doing stuff like that was lame. But when you start seeing other guys, when you start seeing like more popular kids, like like yeah man, like yeah I'm, I'm drawing it. It's like, it's like wait a minute, how can when he do it? It's cool. But you got a couple people over here that doing that, and it's like. It's like really? You know what I mean? That's like that's also like when like I know this wasn't elementary, but I mean when um like when PSPs came out. Yeah, you know what I mean? You was you was just a nerd, you know what I mean? Was, hold on, like, hold on. who
1: the who, who wait, wait, who thought PSP was nerdy, man? That's
0: no, nah, I'm I'm just saying like you know, you know people that, that don't take gaming serious, yeah. Or they've been thinking like, oh gaming is like you game, you you know what I mean, you like a nerd and stuff like that, so it's like you see everybody in the corner with their PSPs and stuff like that. They they babbling. They think, oh, they some nerds over there playing PSPs. They're like that one that one cool person. They get to playing that joke now and suddenly it's just like, oh, bro, what you over there? What y'all over there playing, bro? Now everybody want to come over there though. So, I mean, like, I just didn't get it. I personally didn't understand. I was just like, why does it take like one? It takes that one cool person to do it for everybody to be like, all right, so I guess it ain't as bad. You know, but I'm, I'm
1: gonna let you go ahead and speak on that, though, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because I had the opposite uh, reaction. Uh, like back when I was a kid, you know, we got the meme going out there. You had to be there, but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, like you, your cards and Pokemon cards. It wasn't that you had them, you was a loser. If you didn't have them, you was a loser. You was like, oh, man, you ain't got that charm, man. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we we team squirrel over here. <laughs> pocket full of Pikachus and whatnot. And then that's when they had uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And Yu-Gi-Oh! Everybody wanted the Blue-Eyes, White Dragon, Dark right. Magician. You know, you 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 go home and you watch the show. Then you come to school and talk about it. And then you had Beyblade, so like everybody running around trying to find a Beyblade. Oh,
0: so. like Blade Blades just be like serious, bro. Like, they <laughs> used to be serious back in the day. I never collected Blade Blades personally myself, but I used to just watch them on the table. They used to let them jokes go. I'd be like, damn, like yo, like Blade Blade matches be real serious back in the day, though. Man. though. There, there,
1: there was real intense. Let me tell you how bad it got, bro. Like, These two guys was like, all right, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. So they bought the Beyblades. And usually, like, nobody had anything. So they just wouldn't touch. Or, like, they had to push them so they touched. Somebody somebody really bought, like, a stadium, like, the arena that the Mm -hmm. Beyblades went in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 I remember this. He bought it early in the morning, and all the guys were hyped. They was like, yo, you got the stamp? Oh, it's on now. We about to pull it out. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right, and I'm laughing because for me growing up, you know, didn't have much money, so I, I got my Beyblade from the flea market. You know, I, I got one of them knockoff Beyblades. Everybody else got theirs from uh KB Toys and Toys mm-hmm. R Us, stuff like that. But yeah, like we went in there, we was Beyblading. Mine took like a couple tries just to rip off the thing, but you know that's what you get for messing with knockoffs. But yeah, like even even things that weren't even popular like that. Like for me, I was in an alternative crowd. Like I used to in middle school listen to rock music, you know, uh, play guitar and stuff like that. Green Day was like the band and stuff like that. So. That wasn't cool until Pat, what was the group called? Pat Shop Boys? Uh, well, shoot. Probably like a rock star. Shop Boys. Shop Boys.
0: Shop Boys
1: yeah. yeah, Shop Boys. Probably like a rock star. And then Lil Wayne came out with uh, Lottie Pop. So he was... Well, to good Lil top. Wayne
0: try to do a little rock album too. Yeah,
1: and everybody was like, all right, we doing this, we doing this. And also with skateboarding, you know, I, I used to do skateboard and I remember going to the store, uh, KB Toys, and I was looking at skateboards and I and I was in the other aisle, and this guy was looking at the skateboard, and the other one was like, "Yeah, this one on white people stuff," and I was mm-hmm. like, "What What you mean? Like a skateboard is a skateboard. I ain't like you had black skateboarders. The reason why I got in a, a skateboarder was because." on a game, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, it was this black skateboarder named uh, Kareem Campbell. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, here's a black guy. But so that means <laughs> I could do this too. Like, that's that's why I got a skateboarding, Kareem Campbell. So shout out to him.
0: Now, I mean, when you think about don't, like doing stuff that's, that stuff that's not popular, then somebody will hop on it. Like the blade blade things. Like, again, going back to that, Yo, I never seen people take something so passionate like Blade Blades. Like people Sign. used to buy attachments. Like they used to spend money on bleed blades. I right. I was like, wow. I was just mind blown. But now nah, for me, I mean, I did mostly regular kids stuff though. I mean, besides like Yu-Gi-Oh! cars and stuff like that. I mostly was outside. You know what I mean? I played sports a lot growing up. So when I, when I when I wasn't playing sports, I was outside with the neighborhood of the kids. So it wasn't, it wasn't me not doing the norm like everybody else. I mean, you can't say like, oh, wrestling wasn't cool because everybody was watching wrestling. Back yeah,
1: everybody was doing that. You know
0: what I'm saying? Like, everybody, everybody, like, everybody was gaming when uh, San Andreas was out. Like, even you saw the most thuggish dudes playing San Andreas, bro. Like, 100%. So, like, but I, I do know, like, back then, back then it was just like, Everybody, every like it was. It was so many like little things. It was so many little things that people really, people really just like. Oh, like this. It don't seem cool, but it was like everybody wanted to get in on it because they secretly just like, yo, like what's the hype behind this? Like what was, what like what's what makes this so good though? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, and then anime, anime. Anime has really grown into a wave by itself because that was the one thing growing up that I feel like you that was really frowned upon was, was anime. Definitely. Like Dragon Ball Z was cool, but it's like when you when you watch anime back in the day, you was like a super nerd. Yeah, Like you was all doing like the hand signals and all that good stuff, doing a Naruto like, run. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you was, like, a super nerd. Uh, <laughs> but look how much anime has grown into the public now. Like, anime is very accepted. Even, like, social media influencers, they they imitate anime. They use anime sound effects. Even when Megan Thee Stallion came out and just was, like, she watched anime. So it's just, like, anime has really grown to be, like, this cult. It's, like, this, this cult following just, like, yo... And, and even a job that I work at, like, the dude was telling me about anime. Like, he was just like, I'm not even, I never, outside of Dragon Ball Z, and I barely even watched Dragon Ball Z growing up. But, like, outside of Dragon Ball Z, I don't know what none of these other shows up. Like, people be trying to explain this stuff to me. I don't know what this stuff is. You know what I mean? I've heard of Naruto, but I never actually sat and watched Naruto. Yeah. Same. You know what I mean? But it's just, like, the passion behind anime, it's just like yo it's crazy because people people know about form like their forms their super sayings, their levels this person got this and this person is, is savage you be looking like she' like man, I, I, I mean i don't understand i personally don't understand it but you know what i mean and like like they their their mouth their mouth moving faster than the than the lyric then i mean like the, the subtitles and all that stuff and you just be like Okay, but I mean, I give I give all the I give all the respect in the world to people that really watch anime. But to really make cut a cut a story short, if you like something, it don't matter if, if it's not cool or not. You know what I mean? That's why it's called being a trendsetter. You know what I mean? Like j- just just be a trendsetter, because all music like all music wasn't wasn't like it. you know what I mean. To go from a uh, boom back to the 80s rap to the 90s rap, then you hear the 2000 rap was mostly the snap crunk era. A lot of people didn't like it. You know what I mean? But when you look at, it, when you look back at it now, it's just like, like, yo, you're like, damn, I knew mean, this song came out. You you'll rock to it real, real quick. You know what I mean? Like so. Just be just be a trend setter. Don't be a trend follower because oh, because everybody else not everybody else not rocking with it. You don't rock. You know, Like oh I'm not gonna because this is not in style anymore. We all we all been through that. We all wanted to be in style. We all wanted to keep up with the latest trend. I mean Yeah. That's that's just how the world that's how the world is
1: though. Yeah, like on the anime tip, uh, I remember back around sixth grade. That was the most I watched anime, uh, but I haven't really seen any anime lately. Like, I fell off the anime wagon. Uh, the last thing I seen was a One Punch, and I didn't even uh, finish that. But as far as, like, being a trendsetter, it's, it's hard to be a trendsetter when you're mocked, but I would say it's definitely worth it because you're gonna be remembered as, hey, this person was on it before everybody else was doing it, you know? So you look at it as a badge of honor, almost. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I was doing this while everybody was doing that. So it's, it's not a bad thing, even with music, like listen to rock music, pop music, whatever type of music you like. If you like something, like it with your chest, say it with mm-hmm. your chest don't be afraid to like something or hide it because you're going to get mocked. Hey, it is what it is. You know, everybody has different styles, but it's easier to say that as an adult than a kid, because kids are really in that validation phase where they're just trying to find their friends and they're in that search for like a group. So it's harder for them. But as you become an adult, you're like, Hey man, screw it. If I like it, I like it. If you don't, you don't. But definitely be a trendsetter you know you see everybody else uh doing it later on you're like yep told you so i knew it's going to be cool
0: just like just like with jordan's prime a you know, prime example with jordan's i mean we all know how big jordan's are we know the the how how jordan's just elevate the culture of sneakers and fashion you know and you can be a trendsetter. You like you got people like myself. I don't. I don't buy Jordans. You know, I don't buy Jordans like like other hype beats do. Like they buy every single pair of Jordans that come out, left or right. blah. I don't. I don't do all that. You know what I mean? And people like, oh, you don't like. Oh, sometimes people and nowadays, I think it's a little bit different nowadays because it's flipped. Like back in the day, it was oh, people people caught on to stuff later, but nowadays it's if you don't like something, you're considered hating. You're considered a hater now. So it's kind of like flip. So when people show me stuff and they be like, you don't like this, I'd be like, nah. they be like, you don't like you don't like you don't listen to this person? I don't. They be, and now so they feel some type like they feel some type of way because you don't listen to this, you don't listen to this type of person, you don't buy it. you don't buy certain uh, clothes, you don't rock certain brands, you don't do you don't wear certain things. Now they're looking like Oh, you were you, you lame bro you you lame you know where it is. You, you lame as an adult I'm the lamest dude on the planet I'm all for it because at the end of the day my job is not my job is not to look like everybody no more you know if you had called me at 18 if it was 18 to 22 okay I used I used that eight that range because that it was that was prime funk right there 18 to 22 I'm 20, I'm 27. I'm about to turn 28 in a month. At this point in time, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At this point in time, my whole, my whole thing, my whole mindset, wardrobe, a lot of things has changed. And if, if it don't fit what people are looking for anymore, that's just on them. You know what I mean? Like I say it all the time, and I'ma say it right here on the podcast. I'm on my grown and sexy wave pal. You feel Uh-oh. what I'm saying? I'm on my grown and sexy wave. Check vibe. the do-rag. You know, you you feel me. Like if I want if I wanna sit, if I wanna sit in my car or sit in my crib and listen to Jodeci or listen to Gerald Levert, I'm gonna do that. Just because I'm not listening to the latest rapper that came out. They like, oh, you don't listen to them, boy. You, you need to get hip. I don't need to get hip. I'm cool, I'm cool where I'm at. I don't need to get hip. I'm, you can have him. I'm gonna stay over here where I'm at. Like at, at this point, and before I swing back to Erin, because again, as you get older, you're not at as you get older, you're not you're not worried about fitting into a circle no more. You like you like I'm on the outside looking in. If people want to judge me for being on the outside, more power to them. If everybody want to be in this bubble because they want to because they want to um they want to follow the trend. And and before before I end it, I'm gonna just say this: people don't realize trends come and go. That's why they, that's why you never 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 supposed to follow trends because. Trends that come and go. Like a trend can be hot for a month, six months, a year, and then it's on to a, a whole nother trend. And now people are like, oh, we nobody doing that anymore. No We're doing this. Nobody doing that anymore. more. We doing this. It's like you basically trying to keep up whatever is in style. You'll never you'll never separate yourself from the pack if you always trying to be in style. Like you always trying to keep up with what's current and what's in style. I don't, know. I don't dress raggedy, but at the end of the day, I don't break my pockets trying to trying to wear some type of design or fit in to what somebody else, to fit somebody else's expectations. That's right. me personally, though. You know what I'm saying?
1: I know the fact that that's why you have to find your own tribe. That's why you have to find your own people, because one group might say, oh, this is lame. And the other group might say, you know what? I think you're pretty cool. So that's why you have to find your people. And when it comes to trends, it's better to lead to follow. Because when you set the trends, sometimes you don't do it like, oh, everybody going to be on this. You kind of just do it because this is what you really like. This is what you really enjoy. And setting trends is an act of confidence. You know, if you're confident enough, people are going to see your confidence and they're going to say, you know what? That's cool. I'm going to do it too. So, whether you were in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, uh, following a set and trance, at the end of the day, like I said before, if you like it, like it with your chest, say it with your chest. Be proud of what you like. Don't be ashamed. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, the, cra- the, the, the crazy part, too, and damn, I, I just I just had my thought here, though. I lost it for a second. Hold on. Uh-oh. But, dang. I'm, I'm going to let you go ahead on that one. I, I, I had my thought, and I just lost it.
1: though. Well, you want me to buy you some time?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You go ahead, uh, you go, ahead, bro. I, I, I just had my thought, and I lost it. All right, it. I'm going to buy some time. All
1: right, it. all right, all right. Back when I was a young boy. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, so. I, I just had
0: it, and I lost it, though. I forgot
1: exactly what I was about to say. All right, uh, so, yeah, would you talk about uh, being yourself, I think, is important. And also leading and not following. So when it comes to liking what you like, all about saving what you just and understanding what it means to be you and trying to help people follow uh, what's good and not something that's going to make them, you know, look like a follower all their life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. And uh, like, like I think for me as a career person, I, I like to lead and the reason why I like to lead because it's like, all right, I like to set trends. It, it's just, It just feels cool to be like, yeah, yeah, I started this. But it's not just because of bragging rights. It's more so because of like, all right, I have influence. So,
0: uh oh, you got it? I, you know, I, I got it now too, man. And you, you brought up you brought up influencer. That's what really made it click, though. Here we Influ- go. And, uh, and, and podcasts too. Here we go. And, and people, people look at stuff like, like being an influencer, right? You know what I mean? They laugh at you. They like, they'll, like, they, they laugh at you, but then when you start popping off, it's like, that's when they want to be like, "Oh, damn! They really are them. You know what I'm saying? Because again, we do I classify myself as an influencer? Yeah, because influ like influencer means something different to me versus probably the average person. A lot of people look at influencer as just this just this person with a million followers. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So my if my influence is a lot different. You know what I mean? If 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 I can impact your life in some way. I'm considered an influencer. And I know a lot of people probably look at that as like lame. Everybody look, some people are like, uh oh, man, hey, that's like that's boring. That's not cool. But then when it started to pop off, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I know Funkadelic. Yeah, yeah, hey, Funkadelic on some real stuff. You wasn't, you wasn't feeling me, you wasn't feeling me back then. But then when I start really start really gaining traction and I'm starting to speak my mind and it's starting to catch on, now all of a sudden everybody's like. Oh, oh, Funko is just that dude now all of a sudden. And it was like podcast, right? I feel like the podcast move the podcast wave is another thing that's really, really, really moving now. Like every, I'm talking about everybody is is getting into a podcast. Okay? Yeah. Everybody's doing a podcast. But you know, and you can and you can probably look at it and probably say like, oh well, they doing a podcast because everybody else doing a podcast. That's not why we in this business here. You know what I mean? We come on this show every day and we and we speak our mind and we and we we impact somebody's day some way, somehow. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not, doing all, we're not coming on here for clout. We're not coming on here for all oh, like whatever y'all think, like for fame and all that stuff. We coming on here and that's why and that's why our show is so is so real, it's so raw and it's so authentic. That's why you hear you hear Aaron say it all the time. You hear me say it all the time, like we want all the smoke. I can care less about this. You can see me how you see me on this on this topic, whatever the case may be. Because at the end of the day, trying to trying to get through this sensitive era, this sensitive time that we live in, I can't speak for Aaron. I can speak for myself. All that sensitive, I don't care about it. I can I can care I don't care about it and I can care less about it. Like I'm gonna speak my mind about something. If it's on my mind, if it don't sit right, I'm gonna say it. So and I know some people that probably watch some, some people that probably watch it on YouTube, somebody probably, probably listen to us on uh Apple and Spotify, probably like, come on, funk, you can't say that. But you probably got somebody out there that's saying like I'm glad somebody said it. Whew. Because <laughs> now I'm dancing like somebody probably like, whoo, I'm glad somebody said it. Because like, like we would, like, like we already covered, con- like we cover controversial, we covered cancel. Oh, that everybody so. Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to get canceled. You know, I don't want, I don't want to get canceled. So let me not. Uh, hey, if if you getting, if you getting canceled for being authentic, like I get it. If you say some like crazy nonsense, then yeah, I'm gonna call you out for that. But if you get canceled for just being authentic, meaning like. You speak. You speak in your mind. Then that's a whole different ballgame. You know what I mean? Like, like these, like these teenagers nowadays, and a lot of people nowadays, they always try to be like, well, just don't say nothing. Like, oh, like when, like when when, when young, like when older people. And I'm, I'm and this is something that I always wanted to cover too before I uh, spend it back on my earn. Young people, y'all, y'all think, y'all think older, y'all think older people. When we say something about something that y'all are doing, we hate on y'all. We criticize y'all. No, it's because we've been through it with y'all. We've been through that. It's not that we're criticizing y'all. It's not that we're hating on y'all. We want to see you shine anyway. But we've been through that. So we know, like I said, the, the image that you're putting out, the image that you're betraying yourself, man, we, we know the feedback that comes with it. But because... Because of all oh, we, we on the outside looking in now, so we're deemed as like haters. You know what I mean? We're deemed, we're deemed as haters now all of a sudden. So, so that's the challenges as, as being an adult is going against the grain is now you're considered like, because you're more on the outside looking in, you're like, every time somebody young do something, you be like, man, they wild, man. I don't, I don't need to do it. All, all, all old people telling me what I can't, like with your social media. Oh, people tell me what I can and can't post. We're not telling you what you can and can't post. We just advise you don't post certain things. And guess what? They, they they label us as what? A hater. I'll get off my page, mind my business. You put your business out there. Right. For everybody to see. And then when somebody say something to you about it, everybody's deemed as a hater. Like you put you put it out there for the world to see, and now you're deeming everybody as a hater. See, back when we was growing up it's it wasn't cool until somebody else did it. Now, when you get older, when you get older, now you see the spectrum a little bit different. It's just like, when I say certain things, it's now all of a sudden, it's, oh, oh, oh you hate me. Like, oh, you always got something to say. It's because, it's like, it's, it's one thing. Like, a hate Like, a hater is basically, when you, every time you post something, they got a comment. That's what a hater is. But... For a person that's giving you constructive crit, like constructive feedback about something, that's not that's not hate. that's not hate. If Aaron came to me right now and said, "Yo, Funk, I don't think you should have said that," or "Funk, I think you should have went this way," I'm not gonna be like, "Man, man, Earn always hating." But every time I do something, he always know. Like, I can post whatever I want on my Twitter, bro. If he sees something, I'm like, oh, "Damn, maybe I should take that jump down." Man, like maybe that's a bad look. Maybe I should take that down. I'm just saying, though, so it's just, it's
1: just different, as, it's different as you get older. Though. Yeah, I'll say um, it's empathy over sympathy. Uh, empathy. I was about to say sympathy, but no. Empathy over sensitivity, which mm-hmm. means I'd rather be empathetic with somebody, but I'm not going to walk on eggshells and I'm not going to silence myself from what I feel and what I really have to say. So mm-hmm. I could be empathetic, you know, I can show compassion and all that, but you're not going to silence me at the end of the day. So.
0: So and, and I'm and before we move on to our to our other topic, you know. This was even, this was the same thing with our our still rights leaders back in the day to even like somebody like LeBron, because LeBron just got into it with a, a soccer player. A soccer player, player told LeBron, hey, stick to what you do best. You know what I mean? Because some people, they just, they they don't want you to get out that They They don't want you to get out of your bubble. When you step out of that bubble, they're like, nah, I'll go back in there. That's how like, that's how like Martin Luther King and all of them, they had to deal with that too. You know what I mean? We had, they had to go against the grains. They're trying to use their voice and you got somebody basically telling them, hey, y'all need to shut up, bro. All this change nonsense, y'all need to shut up with that. So even even like when you look at when you look at young people, when you look at young people, and you got an old person, and trust me, young people, we was the same way when our parents was always nagging our ear, talking about some what you need to do and what you should be doing and <laughs> what you doing. Like we all been through that, and we all want to tell our parents, be like, man, that's up, like, <laughs> that's up, get out of Like we all wanted to say it. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not yeah, gonna but lie. you I'm could. We we just couldn't. But at the end of the day, like as you got older and everything your parents used to tell you, you started really be like, that made a lot of sense. Yeah. That, 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 made, that, made, a, that made a lot of sense. And it, make, it didn't make it sense when we was younger, but as you got older, you just like, that makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. So understand like understand this, understand this, like younger people too, is like, it's not, it's not, now you do, now you do got some bitter old people that just I young people, young people be messing it up for everybody. Young people always, I ah, no. young people doing this, young people doing that. You know, I, like I, it's, it's it's not everybody, and I know I, I know I, I did an episode of Just Keeping the foggy and I'm gonna say it again, because I I have a I have a personal I have a personal issue with suburban kids. And when I say suburban kids, I don't mean kids that went from the hood and made it to the suburbs. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the kids that was fresh out of the suburbs. I'm talking about big house. You got, you live that Cosby, Huxtable kind of lifestyle. And you, want, like the since the trend is to be ghetto. That's the trend that you follow now then that's when you're going to have people like myself who's actually from the hood who's from the ghetto even though i don't carry myself like that i'm going to call you out and you consider like oh you oh you hating i'm not hating i'm just i can i can see all the false all the false all the all the fake that you got going on right now because if you grew up in a certain setting don't try don't like say this is why we said like yo be a trendsetter or be a or, or lead rather than follow. Because if you already was, was blessed and fortunate with certain opportunities and certain things, best and believe. Take it with you. Don't try to be like, well, I was born with a silver spoon, but let me go be ghetto because that's what's in, that's what's in style right now. That's what's being cool right now, being ghetto. You know what I mean? And your parent, you didn't, you didn't come from none of that. You didn't come from none of that. So especially like, and and, and I can even criticize people, I can criticize people my own age as well, because it's just like you, so you, so you tell me you never going to grow up. You know, man, if you, if you grew up, if you grew up hood, you did hood things all your life, then when you reach your twenties, you still don't hood stuff. And then when I, if I talk to you about it, you look at me like, man, like, man, I, I don't, I don't see myself. I don't never see myself like leaving this life. Why not? Why not? You you want to be hood forever? Or you <laughs> ask a girl? You Sound be like forever an
1: forever?
0: hour. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You wanna be hood forever? Or you ask a girl, you be like, you wanna be ratchet, you wanna be ratchet forever? I mean, like they, they look at you like, but but what 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 would those two people look at me as? Lame. Because again, you because I made a change, like because they don't want to change. And I actually made the change. And now, so they be like, "What? Oh, you lame, bro? You lame? How is that lame though?" I'm, I'm like you. I come from, I come from the same place. Me and you are both going up against the grain because at the end of the day, we come from the same place. But because I don't want, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, 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 and this, this is gonna actually lead to our next topic. So I'm gonna save that for my next topic. I'm
1: going to say that for the next time. Go ahead. All right, so let's go into our next topic. We want to talk about the hardship of being a black man, period. Not just in America, but in the whole world. But since we live in the United States, we're going to stick to our home country. The, the hardship of being a black man. Uh, I want I want you to keep your idea while it's fresh in your mind. So mm-hmm. you go ahead and start it off. And, and to
0: continue what I was saying coming from that same place of, you know, coming from the hood, coming from the ghetto. We all have that. We all, all, as black men, we already have that challenge. We already have that stigma. We already have that label on us as this is who you are. This is what you're supposed to be. People just assume that you act like this because of where you come from. So that's why I always look at, I always look at brothers. I always look at black dudes, brothers, my brothers, I'd be sitting right there like this is why I said, yo, we got to make a change. Because we, like, it's nothing worse, it's nothing worse than being labeled as hood, as ghetto. You know what I mean? Like, like black, like black people, we can't be ourselves when we go into the world. We cannot be ourselves all the time. We can't go to the job and be us. You know what I'm saying? I get it. It's I get it. It's a mess. Like I get it. It's a it's a messed up rigged system for us. But at the end of the day, we we gotta play the we gotta play the game. You know, man. When we if, if we had if we had that level of power, then we can change the narrative. But at, right now we cannot. So I hate to, I hate to see brothers be like they don't ever want to change. They want to live this good life forever. I'm like my brothers. My, my brothers, this is why they already, we already have a bullseye, we already have a target on our back. We are all we are what, we are what the government is already after. You know what I'm saying? We are already what the government is after. You know, I and mean? like like we we're all in this box in this system. They think they think some of us, they think some of us should be either dead or in jail. They cause again, they just don't, they don't. You you look at you look at all the shootings, you look at all the, the, the cop killings that went on. You know what I mean? The George Floyd's and and, and all these situations that happened, the Trayvon Martins. We getting killed, we getting killed like dogs in the street. Cause we're being black. You know what I mean? We get pulled over, we get pulled over by the cops. We already know they gonna they to mess with us just because. You know? Do you, you know what you do you know what it's like going toe to toe with the cops being being a black man? You 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 don't you don't want to go through that because we like they already they already paint this negative picture about us. They see a group they see a group of black dudes standing on the corner. They already think we trust. We just stand. We we be standing on the corner. You know what I mean? You you could just be standing on the corner. They they roll by. Y'all got any, y'all got business around here. No, nah, we just standing right here. Yeah, okay. something
1: like that happened to us uh, in high school.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like we we was on my man we was on my man's block, and it was just like a, a abandoned house. Like we we weren't even gonna break in the jump because we don't break in houses. But it was an old white dude across the street. When I tell you five minutes later, PG cows rolled around the corner. And what what did PG cows say out of his mouth? They thought y'all was breaking in houses. All cause we was just right there. We weren't gonna break in nobody's house. We weren't we even, we even that type of group. Yeah. We weren't even about committing crimes, but you had a dude across the street. You see a group of you see a group of black men and what did they assume that we was about to break into people's houses. Mind you, it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's in broad daylight that we about to start breaking people's houses. Like you you serious? You right. you serious in broad daylight? I can see if it was nighttime, it'd be a different story. Yeah. But in the middle of the day, but really in the middle of the afternoon, not even the sun about to go down. It's legit the peak of the afternoon. We about to bring we about to break houses. Come on, man, stop playing, bro. Aaron, go talk to me, brother.
1: It's it's just from Birth to now, where you look at it as being a black man in America, the what you said about the cops you know, it's just the nervousness because of everything that's going on. Uh, it's just the tension, I should say. Mm-hmm. Every time you see a cop car rolling around, um, it's just like, all right, let's see, let's just see like it was a situation you know when everything really started uh happening back to back i remember uh, you know a group of friends went to the movie theater and we got stopped by a cop <laughs> and the cop was white so we were like ah no we were like oh man but fortunately for us the cop was super cool you know they were doing routine checks trying to make sure everything was great And we had a great day, sent us on our way. We went to the movie theaters, but just think about, you know, how things could have happened, Mm -hmm. you know, if the cop wasn't so friendly, if the cop wasn't so cool. And for me, my experience with cops, I cannot say I had a bad experience with cops. Um, I remember coming from DCPS, uh, growing up with metal detectives, uh, in an inner a city, and not even knowing what it meant, not even knowing what the purpose of it was. We just knew, all right, you got to walk through one. You know, take whatever you have out of your pockets out. You know, you get it back. But I didn't really realize that that's, you know, the system we were kind of subconsciously being led towards, you know, mm-hmm. a system of crime. Uh, the jail system kind of gets you, Uh, indoctrinated, used to being a criminal when you were just a, what, 12, 13-year-old kid, you know, just trying to go to school. You're not even thinking about crime. You're just thinking about books or Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. (laughs) So as far as, you know, trying to get a grasp on life is definitely a different reality than we have from other uh, races and other counterparts where A black man's reality where we have to be taught you know walk like this talk like this move like this do this do that where everybody else is just like okay do as you please you know you don't have to worry about growing up just grow up you know live your life
0: you know I had that one experience with the cops as well and, and 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 I didn't understand it personally but it's, this was my freshman year in high school, and I was going to the little local convenience store in the neighborhood. I'm always going to miss that place. The, the KY, little Mark over there in Pleasant. But I was just I was just going in to get some snacks, you know what I mean? Lady cop pulled me over. Lady cop just stopped. She's a sister, too. And I'm going to get into where I'm going with this story as well, with this being a sister. She just pulled right, right out the gate, where you coming from? And like she asked me, have I seen anybody? Mind you, she didn't show me no pictures. She didn't say who she was looking for. She's asked, have she was asked, have I seen anybody? You know, what I mean, that was at the time I didn't understand it, but back then, but now just like she was just trying, she was trying to catch me, she was trying to catch me slipping. Because she basically was trying to be like, if you be like, uh, you be like, you, if you say the wrong answer, she was gonna be like, Oh yeah, what's your name? Okay, all right, all I right. bet you try to, you try to comply as much as you can to avoid minimal problems, but even with you complying, you still you still will run into a lot of problems. Depends on where you at and you know what neighborhood you at and what county you may be at or what what city you may be at. You know, man, it's some cities that they focus heavy, they focus heavy. Like if you in like a super white area being black. Mm-mm. You already, you already in ground zero. Like, they they already, like, you can look right here in the DMV. I know I work in Montgomery County. I see a lot of white cops in Montgomery County. I wouldn't go around places like Bethesda. That's a real uppity, rich, white area. You know, in Potomac, too. I wouldn't go around Potomac. That's a rich, a rich white area. You know what I mean? And to, to really get into the story of what the cop is, reason why I say that because at the end of the day, I experienced this myself because, you know, well, as a cop, I'm a security guard. So you already know I'm already in public safety. You know, I mean? I'm already in the public safety field. But do you know how many times, how many times, even though someone was right, even so someone was wrong, how many times i just been sitting in a law prevention office and I'm getting calls over the radio, hey. It's two, it's two black dudes in here with dreads, uh pan and stuff like that. I'm sending things to myself, why, why, why they look suspicious out of everybody? Even though some like granite, sometimes they was right when they would be like, brother, come on, bro. Like they call me about you. I'm trying not, I'm not, I'm trying not, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight for you and be like, he ain't about to steal. They be over there in the corner stealing. I'm like, God damn it, brother, come on, man. But sometimes they don't always be the one. Sometimes, they, yeah, they come in pants, sag, and dreads and all that stuff. Of course, you got to look at the environment, the environment that we at. They might come in pants, sag and all that stuff, but yet they hop in line and they pay for their stuff and go about their date. So yet I got managers and stuff with my ass trying to watch two dudes and they don't even steal nothing. But because how they look and because what they, because how they look when they came in the store, Oh they about oh they about to steal something. Really? Really? You like you like come you like come on, man. Come on, man. And it's like being a black man is up in up in America, you know, I man? We face we face challenges out of the gate. You know what I mean? Some of like some black dudes, some black men we we to be man in the house at like 12 years old. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you already got this the stigma as well as as a black man is that we don't take care of our kids. You know what I mean? That's a negative stereotype. Cause I know it's black fathers out here that's in their kids' life that they do every they do everything for their kid. But being a black man, we already get that stigma of black men don't take care of their kids. You know what I mean? Oh, there's it, it, no black male fit, uh, father figures in the household. Like, come on, bro. It's like, come on now. I get it. I get it. You know, come like coming from, you know, coming out when you come out the ghetto, sometimes if the father's not there, I get all that. But you got, you got, you got them black, them coggy, suburban, uh, them households like I, like I mentioned earlier, they got, they got a black mother and a black father in the household. But you know what I mean? And what's, what's another thing black men got to deal with? Oh, all of us are baby fathers. All of us got baby mama drama. Some of us don't like the work. Some of us are bums. You know what I mean? Like, you, do you not know, I, America, America, do you not know, as a brother, the challenge that we go through on a day-to-day basis? You, like, like being a black man, you got to prove yourself day in and day out. Every single day. Because why our backs, like we're we're up against the odds on a day to day, week to week, month to month basis. Our, our life our life is hard, man. Our life is our life is hard. You know, man. Sometimes and sometimes, sometimes ladies ladies make our job hard too. It's not all, but it's it's some. You know. You got like like I go back to the kids situations so by I, I flipping to my man Errol. You got you got black you got black fathers who be wanting to be in their kids life, but the but the mother don't want the mother be be blocking him from seeing him being in their kids life. But then they go on social media and they tear the man down on social media. Yeah, he will bum. He don't he don't taking his kids, but they not but they not telling the whole story. They they paint they painting the black dude to look like the bad guy when it's clearly the mother being the the, the clearly the mother's the villain here. He trying to see his kids, she she blocking him from seeing his kids. But then all she all she got to do is go on social media, and blast him and say he's not he's not being a father. He don't take care of his kids. He's a bum. He's gonna be on child support. And guess what's gonna happen? The whole world is at this man's neck now. Oh, oh, you don't take it. his kids. Oh, oh, what type of father is you? Oh, oh, you not a man. You don't take it, but they don't, they don't, they don't even hear his side of the story. And you know what? you know what's worse? They don't even want to hear his side of the story. They sweep every like anything he say gets swept under the rug. They take her side of the story, and they just and and they just run with it. But go ahead, brother Man, talk to him, bro.
1: I would say uh, other racists. Uh, have the privilege of a fair life mm-hmm. where Black people, more specifically Black men, don't really do. Mm-hmm. So for me, someone, you know, Black guy with dreads, not dreads, but braids. It doesn't even matter that I have braids. I can have, you know, cut hair, you know, but when other races, you know can dress down dress casual right however they dress you know there's no alarm but when we do it we dress according to our culture our trends and there are times where we might be walking in an area that's not familiar with black people and they might cross the street they might kind of get fidgety and that's something i experienced i remember uh, walking downtown DC, I believe it was Massachusetts Avenue. Mm. And I'm just, walk- I have a bag with a laptop in it going to do a meetup. I look about as harmless as a school kid. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with a laptop <laughs> on me? Like, you really think I'm going to attack you? And I remember this one guy, I don't know, maybe he was tweaking off drugs because he looked like he was on drugs. But the rest, the other uh, white people, they were just walking. They weren't paying attention to me. But he kept looking over, shifting his eyes like this. And I'm looking like, "You, you all right? You straight? But we don't really have that experience of a fair shot of light. And it's not victimhood. This is our reality. This is how we grew up. So... For me, you know, uh, somebody like me, if I were to, you know, go into corporate America or try to climb the corporate ladder, quote unquote, I would most likely have to cut my hair. And that's something we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. And we don't, like you said earlier, we don't get a chance to be ourselves. We don't get a chance to be black because being black means the women get to keep their uh, hair. Uh, their Bantu knots or the twists and things, all kinds of styles they have that are traditional to African culture, they get to keep that. But other races, you know, get to embrace their culture in an office where black people aren't really allowed to because it's deemed unprofessional. So about um, what you were saying about being in a man of a house, you know, it's really unfair to the Black kid because you don't get a chance to grow up. And mm-hmm. what that implements and what, that, what happens as a result of that is Peter Pan syndrome, where you have Black men who do not grow up or you have Black men who have to grow up, you know, before they even get a chance to, you know, live a life of childhood. And this happens to... Uh, black uh, women too, black girls too. But as far as black men, we're forced to be the man of the house for whatever reason. And, you know, growing up where a lot of guys weren't uh, in the house, it was common in elementary school. Like I only knew one person, you know, who had their father in the house. So uh, that aspect is another reason why we need strong male figures, strong black men in the house Because if you have, when it comes to a guy, you know, growing up, when it comes to a man growing up, without his father figure, you know, he's more feminine. And without a father father figure to a young girl, she ends up more masculine. So that's what happens to our people. And this has been strategic from uh, the time where they started, you know, bringing the uh, nuclear family uh, situation where you had a lot of black men uh, in the early times, like the 40s, 50s, earlier than there in 50s, 60s. Around that time, they started to uh, implement you know, government assistance and things like that. And they were taking the black men out of family. And the whole act of feminism, how that ties into that is it wasn't even anything that had to do with black men. It wasn't anything that had to do with black women you know, this was not our fight, but they uh, coerced black women into believing this ideology that they can replace black fathers with the government system. So what happened was once it started uh, getting regulated, you had more uh, more reliant on the government than black fathers. So that was the start of, I don't need a man, I could take care of myself mentality. So that that dives into what you said about you know uh, the baby father and the system, and we don't have that opportunity to you know state our case like you said. We don't have the opportunity to say, "Hey, I really care for my kids," because there are more people who don't get a chance, aren't allowed to take care of the kids, than those who have their kids and say, "I don't care about this little kid," you know, and. Even though we grew up with that, one thing I noticed with our people, uh, our generation, is we're starting to turn the tide. We're starting to uh, say, hey, we, we're going to switch that things up, you know. And you can look on social media. A lot of guys are like, yeah, this is my baby. I got a baby boy. I got a baby girl. We have a gender reveal parties. And we out here, we're making it happen. Because somewhere along the line, you have to break the cycle. So if you really look at how hard it is to be a black man, we acknowledged it, but it starts with us. We realize everything that went wrong in the past. And we say, all right, just because it happened to me doesn't mean it's going to happen to my offspring. And that's why I'm glad to be a black man uh, in America. Even though we go through a lot, we have the power to make that change. We could either be a victim or we could become victorious in all of this.
0: Now, do do y'all know how I feel, right? Do y'all know how I feel to be a part of a culture that they that they want to steal from, but they don't want you to have. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna break it down for you. Like, we're like women, like women that twerk. Women that wear box braids, you know what I mean? Just certain black women fashion, they deemed, they get criticized, deemed unprofessional. Oh, that's that's oh that's not that's not right, you know, that's 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 ghetto, that's all, all these different things. But yet you see white ladies go on, they they make it mainstream, they make it pop culture, and the world loves it. Can you imagine? from a black man's standpoint. Dudes that sag their pants, that's mostly a black dude, that's a mostly a black man thing. You see me and Erin got on dupe rags, that's mostly a black man's thing. You don't really see too many white boys wearing dupe rags. But it's crazy how, oh, a, dude, a, a, a black dude that wear a do rag out in public, or do dude sag uh, sagging his pants mind you i like said sagging your pants is, is just not it's not cool and like because nobody wants to see all that but you like sagging your pants and it's just like that's they gave that oh that's trifling uh oh, that looks ghetto that you know man but you got white boys that do it white boys sag their pants the world don't the world don't say nothing to them so can you imagine can you can you imagine being part of a culture that your your culture and your style is not accepted on you, but it's accepted on somebody else? That's that's damn near crazy. And then you think about black, you think about black men in sports. As that's, an, that's another thing too, because first of all, we all know black men run sports. Black athletes, especially black men, we run like the NFL. We run the NBA. We run. Uh, Baseball, not so much, but <laughs> like not so much. That's that's that's. It's a couple of, a couple of good ones, but it ain't that ain't really. But NFL and NBA, we run, right? You go to these you like black like black men. You break your neck, you breaking your neck to go to these white schools that don't care nothing about you. You making them money. You breaking your neck to go to the Dukes in the North Carolina, in the Kansas, in the Ohio State. you and, and it's crazy how black, how brothers, how kings listen to me. You break your neck to go to them schools thinking like, I'm going to use them for exposure. They're using you for money. I'm sorry. You're you you, you you're missing a big picture. You think like, you think, oh, I'm going to go to this school for six months and I'm going to the track. I'm being the number one pick in the draft, bro. They got about 17 more, y'all. They got 17 more of us coming in next year behind you. So you really, you really think they care about you? You really, you really think they care about you? You really think they're gonna be like, I think you should really stay. That's why they be so like, bye. You got you 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 made us some money. Now we got about 17 more that's about to make us some more money. Bro, yeah. They use they use they use us they use black men for their gifts, you know what I mean for our physical abilities, and we we run professional sports, we run it. You you seeing all you seeing all the and y- y'all can hate me y'all can hate me all y'all want to uh all these big institutions, but at the end of the day they know they they know where I'm at. You think these, you think these big institutions, they they write equality they doing the commercials. Together we stand. You think they really care? You really you really think they? that's how they feel? They only putting that up there so they don't lose that black talent. They try to say, hey guys, we're really with you guys. Please don't leave us. Keep making us money. They don't give a, damn. they can care less about you. And then what's so crazy is, when you go into these schools, what they, tell, they, they do is they, they treat you exactly how they treat LeBron. All that social injustice stuff or all that, man, we trying to fight. But shut your ass up and dribble. Shut your ass up and throw that pass or run that football down. You better be out here making us some money. You out here trying to be all some social justice and equality, equality and whatnot. They be like, man, shut your ass up and dribble that ball up and down that court. Play, uh, play some damn defense. That's a harsh reality we gotta deal with as brothers, man. To be told to be told shut up and just do something as brothers? When we don't like we the ones, we the ones making y'all money. We don't like y'all, y'all using, y'all using us. Y'all, we we putting y'all on y'all y'all working us like slaves. Then, oh, you gone? Cool. I got about 17 more coming in that's about to do the same thing. You know what I mean, but but you got but you got brothers and you got brothers in sports who just they don't they don't get that picture. They don't get they don't get that you going to you going to that school. You thinking you using them? They using you. I don't see how y'all missed that. You yeah. go to George, you go to Georgetown. Georgetown got money. Georgetown got billions. All them rich folks that went to Georgetown. All them rich them rich people that built Georgetown because what you play on that basketball team, they don't give a damn about you. You go oh, Duke and North, they don't give a damn about you. You there for one sole purpose to play ball. And you know, what's crazy, you know, y'all get like, I get, I get it. Like I get, I get it. Black men, like my brothers, my kings, I get it. You guys try to make it out the hood as much as, as any way possible. I get it. But don't get yourself caught up. Don't get yourself caught up in a scandal just because, and you see, and you see what these white schools do to you. They promise you, your mama, your aunts, your uncles, they promise them all them, they promise them all this stuff just so you can go to this school. And then when you already NBA, you making millions. You in the NFL, you making millions. A story come out six years later. Oh, yeah, this dude, this player right here, you know what I mean? This player right here, they took, they took gifts from the, the coaches, bought their mama a house, their coach, bought their daddy a car. They did all this stuff right here just to get you to come to that. And now you caught up in a scandal Just, just to do what? Just to do what? Just to play, oh, I'm 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 at the prestigious Duke University. Now you got to give all your trophies back because you caught up in a scandal because you you went to Duke illegally. You you know what I mean? Like like what happened to Reggie Bush? He had to give all his stuff back. But at the end of the day, Reggie Bush came from the same place we did. He just wanted to, you know he wanted to get his mom in the house. But when they find out, he had to give his Heisman trophy back. Because why? He got caught up in a scandal. Zion Williams got caught up in a scandal. Anthony Davis got caught up in a scandal. Why? Because they're trying to recruit these talents illegally. <laughs> illegally. Because they know they can't win without us. So so the harsh reality brothers is I get it. I get it at the end of the day. But at the same time, you guys got to be smart enough to know. Like, yes, we got, like, We got a chip on our shoulders. Our back is against the wall. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my brothers, we we got to stay together as black men, man. We got to make our own path. We got to, I know we got challenges. We got bumps against the road. But America, America, white America, just the whole world in general, I just opened your eyes to the harsh reality of being a black man being a Black man as an athlete, being a Black man as a father. We just covered all that right here. You're welcome. Welcome to our world now. Go ahead, Yeah,
1: And you can look at when it comes to sports. I remember growing up in elementary school. uh, Black people in general are limited, right? We don't have the same resources as our white counterparts. When it comes to education, that's something uh, I talked about a couple episodes ago where we did a capstone and I went to a school in high school, first high school, and we went to the school in Virginia and it was like night and day. Big contrast. They had all the latest technology. They had healthy food, good options. They didn't have to wear a uniform. It was it was like they were in high school. Matter of fact, it was like they were in college the The size of their campus. This is a middle school, and for us, we were in this brick box, you know, that used to be prior warehouse that they transferred to a school. Our food looked like, you know, jail food, and that kind of shows, you know, the mentality of school to prison pipeline. So, what you said about talent in sports, uh, growing up. Everybody in the school, if you were to ask women uh, what they want to be, they want to be nurses, they want to be doctors, they want to be this and that. When it comes to the Black boys, they want to be athletes, they want to be rappers. So we didn't know, we only knew what we knew. We didn't know we could be anything else. And in that, growing up like if you were first class right you went on a plane you sat first class somebody might look at you and say oh are you a rapper oh mm-hmm. are you a sports athlete cuz that's how they limit you they put you in this box where women they have more options they could be a doctor they could be a lawyer they can be more uh, socially acceptable things basically where when it comes to them it's like okay like you went to school you're a very smart girl where it comes to Black men, it's like, all you know how to do is dribble the ball. Or like, Mm -hmm. if you got here, you probably just uh, some rapper, bling bling guy. So, what I like that's going on right now is, again, following back to what I said earlier, changing the narrative, we're bringing more options uh, to the uh, neighborhood, to the NSA schools. Like, hey, you don't just have to be a rapper or athlete to get about the hood. You have so many different things you can do. So I remember for me um, in sixth grade, where everybody else wanted to be that, I said I wanted to be a businessman, and I didn't even know the word entrepreneur. I just know I wanted to be a businessman because of what I seen on TV. I I, I wanted to be a businessman because. Uh, in my house, uh, watching VH1, I don't know if you remember the show, it was uh, The Fabulous Life of All These Rich People. Mm -hmm. And they would show their cars and planes and jets and they did something about hedge fund managers. And I used to watch MSNBC. And I was like, huh, what is this? And I realized at that young age that, yeah, athletes are making money. Yeah, rappers are making money but these are the guys that are in charge of the rappers and in charge of the athletes. These are the guys who own the team. So I want to be them, you know, screw being a rapper, screw being the athlete. I want to be this guy, <laughs> you know? So for me, it's like breaking out of that mode. And every single day, you know, we're up against the wall. We're trying to fight, um, trying to fight, the system of America, the system of Canada, anywhere you are and you're black. Also within our community, you know, in our relationships, you know, trying to get rid of the baby daddy um, stereotype, trying to say, all right, we're gonna change this. We're going to become fathers. We're gonna do fathers the right way. We're gonna get married, we're gonna have a kid. My goal, right, and something I want to see is bringing the nuclear family back, the mom, the father, uh, the kids, everybody back in one house without divorce and all this other stuff. So yes, we have all these ob- obstacles against us, but doesn't mean we don't have a way out because we absolutely do. As time goes on, we have more opportunities and we're making progression. But as we make progression, we shouldn't forget our past. We shouldn't forget what's happening to us or what has happened to us. So I think the biggest takeaway about the hardship of being a black man is to never forget where you come from, never try to be you know, anything else other than what you are. So walk in this world, be what you want to be, accomplish everything you want to accomplish, but have black pride while doing so.
0: just to name a few here, Allen Iverson, Colin Kaepernick, Michael Vick, Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice. I know a lot of people probably wonder like, well, what? why, why are you naming all the people? And if you're a real sportsman, you know exactly why I named those few. Everybody knew what happened to Allen Iverson with his situation. Even he before he got to the NBA, and while he got to the NBA, everybody know Michael Vick's situation. Everybody know Colin Kaepernick situation, Ray Rice situation, and Adrian Peterson situation. All those dudes are black, and you know what happened? All of them got made examples of the 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 NBA. They hated Allen Iverson for being Allen Iverson. Michael Vick, granted, Michael Vick put himself in that situation. He wasn't there, but because it was his house and he was the big name, they came out to him first, and they made an example out of him. Colin Kaepernick, when he took a knee, no team wanted to take him out to that. None. At the time, he was probably better. He probably was better than probably like maybe 15 quarterbacks out of a 32 the 32 teams, he probably better than about 15 of the quarter star quarterbacks. Nobody wanted to take him. Ray Rice and his girlfriend situation, Adrian Peterson with his child situation, they made an example out of every last one of them dudes. All them dudes was black. Every rapper you can think about when they get caught up in legal issues, they make an example out of them. every last one of them. Because they trying to take your money, they trying to get you for any and everything you got to put you in a bad position. And while I'm on the topic, while I'm on the topic of sports, HBCUs. Let me go ahead back up before I about what I'm about to say here. People, and and this is why I say with athletes, athletes and black athletes and HBCUs. At one point in time, black athletes was not allowed to go to the white schools. So where did they go? To HBCUs. Now, when they crossed that bridge, when they started integrating, say, yeah, black players, y'all can come play with us. They left HBCUs behind. Now, mind you, going to a black university, they they, they care more about you than just you're here to dribble. They actually want to see you, they're like, hey man, they give you all they give you alternative paths just in case you don't make it to the NBA. Yeah just in case you don't make it to the NFL, they give you like, hey, won't you get your doctorate? Won't you get your degree? Because you met you your NFL and NBA career might get cut short. They try to help you with that. But no, as Black brothers, we avoid those schools and try to go to the big dogs who don't care nothing about you. So, and this is an ongoing argument till this day where they say black athletes should go to HBCUs. I agree. You know what I mean? And I know there's a lot of people that don't like that. they like, well, why they got to go to black schools? We made the we the, the, the PWIs, the white institution, we made them enough money. Why don't you make, don't you make these black schools some money? But here's, here's, here's the stigma right here. That it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over somebody's head. The moment all the black kids, all the black kids is playing basketball, playing football, when they, when they choosing to go to Howard and FAMU and View and Texas Southern and Southern and all these black schools, when they start choosing to go to those schools over the big schools, here comes the white schools crashing down on the black schools, wondering what the hell are they doing to getting all, because when the white schools start losing all their talent, they start coming to the black schools and be like, we need to investigate why they're getting all the good talent. Understand, brothers? Y- you you running, you run into the talent. Like, like you run, you run into the white schools. You should be like so, you should be, you should like you run into the white school thinking you're gonna get something out of it. When you can go to the black schools, when you start knocking on these big these big universities and you start making headlines, oh yeah. Uh, Bowie State knocked off, uh, you know what knocked off Alabama and all these big, all these big schools like Howard, Howard knocked off Kansas. You don't think you're gonna make headlines? You're gonna make headlines. But then just keep it going. You guys are the talent. I hate to, I hate to hear brothers, I hate to hear brothers and sports be like, oh, they but they're not on TV. You can change that. They don't get this. You can change that. How you think, how you think that all them white schools got them TV deals because of all because of our black actors? That's how they got them TV deals. So they got all these dudes that I made an example out of, and then you got all these, then, then we leave, we leaving our schools, we leaving our schools behind. Because of the simple fact that we want to chase we want to chase the exposure rather than making a movement ourselves why that's all I want to know. I didn't even go to college but at the end of the day I'm also, I'm all for the support of black kids going to Hbcus and start knocking all these 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 white schools I'm I'm all for hundred percent.
1: Yeah, we, we could take a lesson from our uh, grandparents, and great-grandparents, about being pro-Black in everything we do. mm mm-hmm. uh, Jet Magazine, Soul Train Awards, uh, you, you name it, uh, NAACP, really trying to pave our way. I mean, heck, we can go back to the 1920s, Black Wall Street, just trying to pave the way for us to succeed. And that's something that... Uh, we can definitely learn from and take it and take it to accountability when it comes to uh, whether you're a black athlete uh, or just an everyday black man just trying to make it. You know that's something we could definitely uh, attribute to bettering ourselves as people and as a culture.
0: I mean, at this point, I think we pretty much covered. All the harsh realities of not only just being black, but being a black man in America—it's not easy, you know, I man. And that's why it's—and this is why I watch so many, so many like black, like black movies. They just—they may just be movies, but they teach you a lot. You know what I mean? You watch *Minister Society*. Yeah, *Minister Society* is your everyday hood movie. But everybody missed the scene when Sharif dad was talking to both of them about how to survive. I mean, that's a life lesson right there. You know what I mean? You got Boys in the Hood, Lawrence Fishburne. He was that was Trey, that was Trey's dad. Trey's dad wanted him to be way, way better, way better than the hood. Boys in the hood is just another day about the hood. You know, but. You got those those male figures to show like, yo, this is, th- this is this is right, like this right here is like what a black father is supposed to look like. You know what I mean? And I get movies like Boys in the Hood. That's part of our culture. Like like white, like white America probably look at movies like Boys in the Hood and just be like, that's that's a black movie. But you wonder why movies like Boys in the Hood to us, it, it resonates. Movies like *Minister* to Society, I, show, I know it shows a lot of negative, the killing, the shooting and all that stuff, but it resonates with us. You know what I mean? Even Black TV shows. I know a lot of people don't like Bill Cosby, but the Cosby show. That, that, like, to, to, to a lot of people that grew up when the Cosby show was out, that was like, like Cliff Uxford was like their superhero. Like, yo, this is Black father, Black household. This is what we want to see. Good times. That was your average, everyday struggling family. But my man James Evan got it done every single time. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you you can go the list and go warm. You know what I mean? Like, like Fresh Prince with Uncle with Phil. Granted, they, they was rich. They live in a white neighborhood. But it was it was plenty of times Uncle Phil didn't forget his roots. He wasn't trying he wasn't he wasn't always trying to kiss the white dudes ass just to just to get just to oh this is my partner let me just kiss his ass and stuff like nah nah There's been plenty of times you know I man plenty of times he every episode when he was like you you hang you hung you hang the malcolm X post i heard the brother speak that's crazy man you know I man like that, that's that's crazy but they they always taught they always like black TV shows were like black black male figures, Bernie Mac show my wife and kids, the list goes on and on. To house of pain, they showed they had those black male figures, father figures in the show and showed that they it's more to just it's more to it than just there, there's no black there's no black man in the family. Oh, every every mom is a single mom. It's more to it than that. And that's yeah. and that's, that's what we that's what we we appreciate being shown in a more positive way rather than just being shown in a negative light.
1: Yeah, definitely you got to break the cycle. But any anything else you want to follow up before we get about here?
0: Nah, not at all, brother.
1: All my black brothers, stay strong. Break the cycle. We can do this. It's your boy, Aaron
0: Furnasetti. It's your shooting Mr. with Jones, man.
1: And we are out here. Peace.